Fun. Isn't February supposed to be the most depressing month of the year? Oh, for January. Isn't February, Black, isn't February Black History Month? Yeah, I don't think those two things are connected. But it yeah, is I don't know. What, what are you trying to insinuate? That's what I got. All I'm saying is I'm they go... It used to be the longest time. There's so, many, there's so many months and days and... Blue it's, Monday it's getting confusing. is the name given Blue to the day. Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Is given... Is the name given to the day that's the third Monday of January, which is supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. Is it? But look, we just finished the holidays. Is it because you now have the bills and your bills are due? Or? Oh, yeah. Sense. I just paid yeah. my credit card bill, actually, today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, the credit card bill, we've been... The way we... <laughs> Raji, had, Raji had to sell his korta pajama. That's why he's not working yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It literally took the clothes off his back to get that one paid. This was a free gift. Yes. It's I'm wearing those clothes these days. The free ones. You know what the trick to the December uh, credit card bill is, is you just keep paying it in increments throughout the month. So when your final statement comes in, it's a lot lower than... And you're like, yeah, it's a low yeah. bill. I can... Your bank account doesn't grow, whatever. It's the way to approach it. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about Blue Monday. Yeah, I just heard about it on radio today. I was thinking about it. And like today was a sunny day. Otherwise, like if it was gloomy like it normally is, it'd be pretty shit. It's like, it's like, um, it's like a rainy day. Yeah. It's like, you know what? On your wedding day. It kind of sucks. Like, uh, I'm not even looking forward to. I feel like like November, November sucks. November is. Oh yeah. It's your birthday month. That's when everyone celebrates your life. No, that's, that's the worst, man. November gave us him. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking. What's the show about? It's about nothing. It's about nothing. Want these guys to know you got another thing coming, bitch. I'm still around. Right in, boys. So, uh, yeah, what's the controversy? I don't know any, I don't know any. It's been a few weeks, it's been a few weeks of uh, Call Saeed getting, uh, into Twitter beefs with people. It's kind of, I feel like it's weird. Like, you know, when you tell, give someone PR advice, like don't pick fights with people on the internet. Don't feed the trolls. I feel like Kasa Aid feeds the trolls a lot. So is this Ravi Singh's personal account or are we talking about Kasa Aid account? Uh, it's mostly from Ravi Singh's personal account, but from okay. time to time, Kasa Aid will like jive, throw a little jive in it with it. So okay. I'm sure it's like on the same phone is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's like, he doesn't have access to it. And sometimes if you have multiple Twitter accounts, you'll be replying to one thing and you realize, oh, shit, I replied from the wrong account. Oh, well, let it go. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case some of so, these times. So what did he say? What was so offensive? What was? He was, or Kalsa Aid and people, the Kalsa Aid leadership are just defending doctors and people who are, um, Bringing education about the vaccine, about the you know the benefits of it. They're like, let's just say, if you put them in a camp, they're pro-vaccine camp. Okay. Uh, and then it's really pissing off anti-vaxxers, the the ones with the dull barche and swords, those guys. So it also, uh, also it was also on one of the they were in one of the orgs. I don't know if it was like part of the. I can't. I was not the World Economic Forum. It was another food one, like a global. Would one which had a lot of controversy associated with it. They were also on that that kind of raised some questions that they had to people, and it was kind of in that whole conspiracy 
uh, doghouse of, hey, is Khalsa Aid involved in this or not? Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember what that org is. Uh, but that's not the only one, right? They were also called out by Amrit Paul Singh early on, which caused Ravi Singh to get really defensive on Twitter about that because uh, Amrit Paul Singh's main criticism criticism for Khalsa Aid was, you know, Punjab's burning. We have drug problems. We have a lot of problems here. But all the money that Khalsa Aid raises, where does that go? How much of that that's coming back to Punjab versus how much of that's going to, like, foreign country relief or all this, all these other, like, causes, I mean, right? That's, I mean, that's never been the... The mandate of Khalsa is to help Punjab. It's to help the world. So, and yeah, you look at from a seva perspective, he's doing seva. I mean, what is it? Yeah, but you, there you can do seva at home before you do seva abroad, right? There's an argument there. Yeah, but he's but the organization is not for home. They organize. It's a UK organization. It's it's not explicitly for not for home. It's it's just wherever it's needed. So that's where people are like, well, your name alludes to you being Khalsa aid, but it's the you know you're not giving aid to. Your community first. You're I mean, did, outside. wasn't he was wasn't he trying really hard during the farmers' protest? And he was know, killed during I, the farmers' protest by India. They blocked all, and that's one of yeah, the main so, things, yeah. right? Is, it's not an easy country to do aid in. <laughs> yeah, and so, actually, yeah. it comes comes up. I was talking to these guys, and they basically said, "Look, our accounts are blocked. We're not able to send money donated to Cost Aid Canada or Cost Aid America, or even Cost Aid International into India. Like, we can't we can't do swift transactions. That stuff's legit paused." by oh. the Indian government. Oh, I mean, uh, so their hands are tied. What does everybody expect? But during the farmers' protest, they did do a lot of stuff that pissed off India. They were hailed as terrorists during the farmers' protest for give, making pizza for the farmers. And they set up the nice little uh, massage booth with the massage chairs for the farmers who were protesting to come in. So it's not like they were absent. No one can say they were absent. They were getting murdered by the Indian media for their presence yeah. there. And they did, definitely had money there. And... I remember after Ravi Singh got called out, Ravi Singh posted a whole litmus of stuff that Khalsaid was doing in India that he's just like, look, just because we're not bragging about it every single day doesn't mean we're not here. They were funding families. They had a bunch of kids that they were, whose tuitions they were paying. Uh, and he just like had this whole list. So there was definitely this unfair. I personally feel like Khalsaid gets an unfair treatment sometimes. But a big part of that is people know how much money they make. They raise a ton of money compared to a lot of other organizations. And when you raise a ton of money like that, it kind of puts a cross here on your back because everyone has a noble deed that they're trying to raise money for. And when they're or when you're beating that org out for donations, it irks people. Yeah, I mean, the people donating to that org are not exp are not holding cost of aid to the account that you need to go back to India because they're probably not donating with that intention. They're saying, Yo, you're doing good work, keep doing it. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, these just sound like haters. I, I I don't know what Amrit Paul has done, so excuse me. I mean, but I mean, I would like well, how much has he done in terms of humanitarian aid in Punjab? I gotta I gotta gotta kind of disagree with you there, Avi. Like, yeah. people aren't donating because they're like, oh, you know, this money is gonna go to Somalia or some camp in Somalia or something. They're giving it because they think, and this is my contention, obviously. Okay, yeah. what I'm thinking, they think, okay, I gotta. I got to give money. What's a good charity out there? And yeah. it's Kalsa Aid is one that's known because you can see the work they're doing. There's pictures of it. They have a good presence. Um, it's a feel good story because they will do camps in, you know, the Middle East and whatnot or Pakistan. I think they were there too last year during the floods. Uh, they've been yeah. actually in Bengal as well uh, years ago when they were flooding out there. Um, but 
But that's why they're getting the money that they're getting. It's just an easy thing to donate to just because they have that clout. They've got big enough. They've got big enough that everybody says that if I give money here, it's not going to get eaten up by upper management and paying salaries. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to get used. Okay. So people feel comfortable. Um, but there's this eventually what Shinda and you know, I think what Shinda's getting at, people are going to say, okay, you're big, you're organized, you're doing things. We want to hold you to a certain degree of accountability akin to when governments are donating billions of dollars to Ukraine, but they have food uh, issues at home, right? Food security issues at home and homelessness at home. We hear that same rhetorical argument all the time here at home, like fix your issues here, then give money abroad, right? Uh, yeah. So this is a similar idea, I guess. I mean, it's it's, it's not going I mean, to once, once again, you're, you're basing the fact that you think home for Khalsa aid is Punjab. Home for, you can, you can make the argument that home I, don't, for, I don't think it is. Home, I think for, he's a UK home guy. For Kalsa, home for Khalsa is Yeah, but I mean, that's fine. Okay, so put aside the name. I think from the, the psyche of the individual running the organization, he doesn't regard that as home. Right, the UK is centralized. He can donate wherever he wants. He, he uses what he believes. Yeah. Oh, Glenn, thanks for that great point, Bobby. Yeah. Um, great. I mean, <laughs> the higher powers taking me out. Um, yeah. What What I mean is that, um, yeah, I mean that same argument of the Ukraine helping. I mean, the Indian government's kind of useless on that. Punjab government's useless. We can keep going down that track. I just don't think he should be. It, it, it's It's if a stretch. A here, if I started a charity here. And by chance, I give it a name, you know, sick something. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Sick foundation. And it gets so huge, but it's it's just based on charity. And then all of a sudden you hold a gun to my head and say, well, you know, you should be looking up and down. I'm like, well, that's yeah. never been my mandate. No, no. Wait, look. No, I think like, that's... That, okay, yeah. I, I, I got to call just... him, old man. I got to call <laughs> you. You, you're, you. That's a stretch of an argument. Like the game <laughs> notes, the game notes of the pod literally have Ravi Singh talking about like issues in Jalandhar. Okay. If it's it's not like he's oblivious to India and he has like blinders on. He keeps yeah. India on India's on his mind. He was there but, during the farmers' protests. You just talked about that. But Shinda do you, just but talked do you about think that. it's just that he just can't do anything? So like, what's the big like? He can't like like you said that he can't do take any money there. They can't send money there. Like, what does it matter? No, but I think there's another thing too that really irks people, and it's that they're thinking that the places that he's helping are Muslim dominant countries. Um, so why can't the Muslim calm itself is pretty big. And they're like, well, let them fix their problems because they have a ton of money. We have limited resources. And for a community that has limited resources, can't we help our own refugees first? Why can't we be spending money on our refugees and our issues and our, you know, food shortages and our farmers who are, you know, with the farmer suicide rate and stuff and not being able to pay bills? Why are we going to places where these community or helping communities that possibly have links to you know, countries, mm. you know, it's kind of like that whole, well, but is, it, is it, is it, is it, is it my understanding that he only goes into, um, areas of crisis or re- recent, uh, natural disasters like the earthquakes in Haiti. And, and that's the kind of the mandate, like when there's an immediate need for aid, uh, he has a, uh, an organization that can get in there fairly quickly, uh, to provide the resources. Aside from that, he's just not looking for social problems all over the world. Is that fair well, to say? Well, he's not even really it? going after social problems. He's going after people who need help. That's kind of his thing. Just, just like, immediately, right? Like there's a flood, yeah. there's an earthquake, there's a war Or zone. refugee camps. Yeah. yeah, let me go in there. I yeah. have resources that I can get in there. Let me do my thing. And I 
honestly got a lot of respect for what he does. Um, but the general criticism is is with the name Casa Aid, you uh, know, yeah. and with a limited number of re- basically look compared to a lot of other religions and a lot of other qoms out there, Christian qom, Lalo, Muslim qom, qom Lalo. Like we have a smaller base to work. Like we definitely punch above our our uh, weight. Weight class, yeah. Right, mm. but at the same time, it's kind of like for as much as we punch above our weight, we do negate a lot of our own things. And that's where I think people kind of are like, you know, where, why isn't so this happening? Had, so if he had just kind of named it like call some emergency aid or whatever, like. Honestly, like I'm not even mad at the name. Like, I'm just no, trying to explain that. Like, all right, that's his kind of niche and that's what he's yeah. good for. So, you know, it's not so much that yeah, you can hate him a bit, but, you know, that's not no, his forte. But... And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to throw mud on Ravisin because I've always cheerleaded him in most of these debates because in my opinion, you know, you go where you're needed, where you can go. Mm. And even in Canada, Aid Canada does a lot of work with uh, even like student population, making sure that if there's a need, they can oh. fill it, right? The biggest problem they have is, you know, tooting their own horn at times. And maybe that's just because they have a lack of a social media presence. So when they do yeah. get called out and then they start listing all the things people or they did, people are like, oh, we didn't realize that was happening from you guys. Oh, we didn't realize that was happening from you guys. So their social media game and their ability to promote themselves is fairly weak and even with that weakness they're still able to get a lot of press and a lot of stuff when they do do stuff so it's just this they've kind of they have weaknesses in being able to uh communicate what they do well to convey their message to the world and and a consistent message where you kind of know what they're doing okay fair enough or they communicate better with outside people versus what they communicate with the community and i think certain people in the community eventually start taking that personally of you know, your name insinuates something that when people mm. donate, they don't want it to go into you buying more Qurans for uh, certain refugees. Uh, and I'm guessing because he's such a prominent finger, a figure worldwide that some of his personal tweets get taken for the kind of narrative for the whole organization when they're technically two separate entities, right? He's still a... Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, bigger he's than the org, right? But exactly, right? He's and bigger than the org. Of, and so anytime yeah. he says anything, for maybe personally... It, is reflected as, and it's kind of one of those things because that org at one point was just him when it started. Mm. Then he had two people, then it was three people, then it was five people. Now it's grown to a point where they have teams all across the world. And like anything, I don't think he's there beyond criticism or crit- critique. I think it's healthy to have criticism and critiques for all our orgs, including orgs like United Six, which I tend to critique a lot. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I feel like do, he does do, get a. Do you think he, he get a do you think he cares? Do, do you think he cares? I think he must. Anytime you reply to a tweet, there's something in you that cares a little bit. I don't know if it keeps him up at night, but I think when he sees people piling on, and then he kind of gets like, "What the hell, man?" Or if he sees something that's not true, I think that's what irks anyone. I don't there think there's a human being alive that doesn't get irked when people say something yeah. that they know isn't true. Safe to say, mm-hmm. you know, he's not above having people live in his head rent free. And and are any of us? Yeah, no, that that's that's totally that's fair. just human nature, right? So, but but he, I just, I just, I, and it's just weird to see like one of our best. I mean, it is one of our best organizations, like I guess and, that represent our community. Just to, it's just so strange to hear negativity, right? It's like finally we got a good one, and so it's like no, but you're always gonna get the way. I know, but you I mean, get big enough, crab, you're always gonna. It's it's the whole crabs in a bucket scenario with our community, right? One gets up, ten people pull them down, so. Or they um, want, or maybe they're just trying to hold them, they're hold them to account. 
the, what, where, yeah. where does holding yeah. people to account I mean, become hated? I mean, if they, I mean, if they're the embodiment of that um, that gold standard, or they hold that threshold as well, then they're more than welcome to hold that person to account. But just to randomly say, "Well, you don't do enough without doing anything yourself," I, well, it's just you know throwing shade for no reason. That's the just, way I look at it, right? Just just to expand on this, so you know, we could just be seeing like a. I want to use this word metamorphosis <laughs> or growth of, uh, of Khalsa Aid now, where it was like a, a very grassroots organization, you know, going to conflict zones and humanitarian crisis uh, areas and giving aid as six with a sick principle. That's a mission actually, Robbie. So you know, it's not just the name. Um, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. Anyways, I, anyways. I said with those principles, I mean, that's their mandate. It's fine. Um, but it looks like, uh, you know, they have political beliefs, maybe personal, maybe as an organization, and those are starting to show themselves. And they might, they might be getting a little political. So, you know, one is fine, you know, how they stand on vaccine mandates and, and whatnot. Um, they seem to be pretty uh, out there and, and open about their position on that. But then this friction with, and I'll just call it friction, uh, with Amrit Balsing, where you know, he called them out for not helping out in uh, in Punjab as much as maybe they should. And, and you know, uh, recent a recent tweet by Ravi Singh about, you know, the issues uh, going on in, in Jalandhar. And just to expand on that, in Jalandhar, there was, a, there was a, a colony of homes, a whole neighborhood built on a main road back in the 70s and 80s. And the government went to these people living there saying, hey, um, we need this, you know, land. You're, you've built up houses on the road. Let's just buy you out. So they all took the money. Everybody got bought out, but they didn't move. The political machinery of India. Squad. Squad. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they continued squatting. The political machinery of India, you know, being as inefficient as their notorious CR, they didn't give a fuck about, you know, us paying for land or them paying for land and, and not uh, having people vacate it. Uh, these families continue living there, expanding their homes. This is multi, multi-generational homes now. And uh, they, they're they like, oh shit, you know, Jalandhar is now a very bustling city. We need this has become a main road. Um, we need this spot. So they launched a court case to evict all these people. These people living there also fought back. And uh, voila, you know, uh, many, many years of litigation, the Supreme Court weighed in and said, no, these people need to move or get vacated. So I was actually in India, actually in Jalandhar the day these people are getting forcibly removed from their homes. Um, and I talked to locals about it on both sides, just to get a, get a sense of what people are thinking. Anyways, Amrit Paul Singh, you know, was in Jalandhar shortly after that, gave a little bit of, you know, lip service, met with the people, but that's not really his thing, okay? Uh, he has a different mission, a more thodomic mission, so I don't, I don't, I guess he didn't really get involved, but now Ravi Singh is raising issues about this. It might be, like, political, maybe, uh, to a degree, a little uh, rat-a-tat, is that it? Uh, or tit-for-tat, um, you know, Amit Paul Singh calling him out for not helping out enough, and now Ravi Singh's raising issues in Punjab, maybe... Not directly calling out Amrit Paul Singh, but uh, baiting him into it to talk to talk about these issues. I don't know. Like, is this a new metamorphosis of, of Khal Saeed? I don't think it's a 1v1 right now. I think they've kind of squashed their things. Even Amrit Paul Singh, he kind of said, like, look, we're not 
these kind of squabbles are are going to hold us back overall. So he kind of didn't really apologize for what he said, but he was just kind of like, look, we're not going to, I want my followers not to sit on Facebook pages talking shit to other orgs and, or anything like that. We're out here trying to do what we got to do. Um, what was said was said. Let's just move on, right? And I think him calling out whatever he's saying, I think it definitely probably helped play a role in make calls aid. Like, okay, let's put some interest back in Punjab so that people know we're, we're still here because people forget that we're here. So, and in that, if that's what it took to get them to do it, isn't that a good thing? Yeah. I mean, Punjab is pretty neglected and... I don't, I still don't understand why he got involved in the Jalandar thing. I mean... Ravi Singh? Yeah, I, that's a strange one. I mean, that... Well, I now they're refugees, no? Those of families what? that got evicted. The families that got evicted. They, lived, and... they got paid and they lived there for free for 20 years. I mean... How did they get evicted? They didn't get evicted. Not they twenty years. It was almost fifty years. If it's from the seventies, right? Yeah. So they got they got a payout and they didn't leave. So whoever their grandfather is is just said, "Oh, forget it. We'll just stay here till we get kicked out." I mean, am, am I wrong? Am I? Am I? Yeah. And am, so, I, am I thinking of that incorrectly? I mean, they they got money, they stayed, so they lived free. They didn't pay any rent. They're not paying taxes. I mean, and now they're, they're, they're told to leave, and and they were probably told to leave a few times. It wasn't like, hey. Middle of the night, you need to leave right now, right? I'm I'm sure it was done accordingly, I mean, but uh, like just just talking to the people from like on literally on that street, um, the, I I do get a sense of uh, the government actually just dropping the ball and like paying off these people and just presuming they left or just forgetting about it or you know governments change and different uh, priorities you and know. i'm sure when different governments come in they t meet with these people saying look look we're e not gonna make it an issue do you make sure you vote for us e yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Enough, yeah but but it, it's it's like it's a big deal it's like you know steals right it's it's a huge road um people living on one end of it and having to go through neighborhoods to get around to the other side of steals is essentially what was happening for for a very long time um so people that are living there are looking forward to having, I mean, having these houses demolished so they can have like progress Our in the neighborhood. Progress, yeah. You know, um, others who are living there, they're in ruin because that was their home, multi-generational homes. And now they have to find something I mean, to also um, be fair, better they and, and they can't. They imagine, can't. Imagine getting a payout in 1970 for your house. And now all of a sudden, 2022 house rates, India's had similar increases in land and all that. It's all of a sudden that uh, payout doesn't really cover your ability to move anywhere. Exactly. That's a, but I mean, that's a mistake. I mean, I, I don't know. But the sympathy, like in a, in, a, in a region of the world where a lot of our people are so um, gun-ho on land ownership <laughs> and owner's rights and stuff like that, that like, you know, that's a squatter. Punjabis don't have any respect for squatters. We know this. This is a common thing. So, I mean, what's the big... They, yeah, they got kicked out. It's unfortunate that someone in their family didn't take the right precautions or the right steps to... I mean, they're looking at the neighbors that. and friends. They're like, yo, he didn't move. He didn't move. Why, why am I going to move, right? Fair enough. So, I mean, yeah. So, but I mean... So, so it's like uh, maybe uh, pushing the other side's discretion to their limits and to, as far as you can, right? That's that's exactly what was happening. Um, but now you get to find contractually, maybe from a uh, yeah, from a legal framework, from a business framework, like 
they're in the wrong. But from a human standpoint, it's like, well, come on. Like, they ended up living there for another 20, 30 years. That has to count for something. You know, it's not like they were sneakily living there. The government had every opportunity to notice this and kick yeah, them out. Yeah. Fair enough. That from, that, right. from that perspective, fine. There's, there's no clean cut. Uh, but the, but right well, the government's not going to give them their land. I mean, they, that, that has to be... They're going to make a road. Like, I mean, yeah. that's the end of it. There's no like, hey, we're fine. We'll relocate you, but we'll relocate you somewhere else. Oh, no, we want to be right here. Well, that's going to cost a lot of money. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look, it's not like this was done without due process. And that kind of like helps me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, it's there not was... like they just they woke them up in the middle of the night and say, yeah, we just took your line. And it, went to out, right? like... it went to the Supreme Court. It went to the Supreme Court. They had their day in court. I can't believe, I can't believe I took the side of a goat. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know enough on to take anyone's side, but the way you guys explain it makes it sound like, okay, well, you got a contract. You got to follow what you signed. You got to pay out you, if you took the money. You know, I, if think you didn't got a, I think Grand Dog got a pretty sweet deal. If you didn't, take the, for if you didn't take the money, that's kind of tight. Um, yeah. But again, some of it's just over my head, so I don't even try to conceptualize mm. it. I just needed to learn more about that one. Uh, one thing I've been learning a lot about was the sick helmet. Oh, Have man. you guys followed? Oh. This, oh, this, here we go. this thing Pandora's really box. Pandora's box just uh, got opened. <laughs> this, this thing is literally... so so stupid. This is stupid. Okay, Shinda, I mean, you have every right <laughs> to to raise this topic. Uh, so why don't you? Wait us in there, and then I'm gonna give my consent. <laughs> All right, the two guys who don't even get affected by the sick helmet. Let's uh, let's talk about it. So yeah. the sick helmet. Let me tell you how okay. to feel about it. Let me but tell you how to feel. Right. <laughs> I really don't have. I mean, I've said what I wanted to. Like my thoughts on it are, it's cool. Oh, is this is this on your own podcast that you've already <laughs> let everybody know? I mean, it sure was is. yeah, but uh, so like basically the gist of it is is this uh, mom, sick mom, Tina Singh, who came up with the idea to make a sick helmet because she realized that her boys, you know, they have Jude, they have Patke, they're young, they need helmets, or she wanted them to have helmets. She came up with an idea, came up with a patent. I'm sure she has a patent. I don't know if she's gotten it, patented it. But she made a helmet that can uh, fit Jude, which is a big deal because most times if you're trying to put a helmet on top of a Jude that doesn't fit, you have to go like two sizes bigger. And when you do that, now the helmet's not really serving Oof. its purpose. Um, so she came up with a unique design for a helmet, got it manufactured. It fits great on her kids. Now her kids can ride bikes and have a helmet on, right? Growing up, I never wore a helmet riding a bike so I can get the, eh, is it that big of a deal? But at the same time, I have a kid who I insist on making him wear a helmet when me and him go bike riding. And it's annoying when I have to put his hair down each time and then, you know, tie it back up when we take his helmet off. Especially when you go to yeah. the park, right? You put a, his hair in a goat. We go to the park. He takes the helmet off. Now he's running around with a goat. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel a little. I feel kind of weird about that sometimes, uh, just because everyone's like, "Oh, your daughter's beautiful." I'm like, "Oh, uh, yeah, thanks." I don't. <laughs> I used to correct everyone, but they keep it, and I'm like, "Okay, his pronouns are he and him." Um, but at the same time, it's just it's you know, and so there's also times when I just don't let him wear a helmet, uh, or I don't. It's not that I don't let him. I just don't put it on. And that irks my wife too because we go on long walks. And kids are kids, right? We go up and down like little hills. And mm -hmm. him learning how to bike ride will cause conflict. And so anyways, Tina Singh, she made this helmet. And it's great. Parents and a lot of people loved the idea. 
but but a lot of people a lot of punjabis uh mostly not from here from outside even uh they weighed in on it saying what the hell because their biggest fear and i think it's a legitimate fear is we've been lobbying governments for uh turban exemptions for a while now so sick motorcyclists not being forced to wear helmets when they go bike riding uh certain uh, construction workers construction workers truck drivers when they go to Mil construction sites to pick up things Mil where they, and, mil and military and military police you know there's been a whole plethora of cases that and not even in Canada, but across the world, in UK, in America, in Belgium, in Germany, that six have like had to lobby to get exemptions for the turban. So calling it a sick helmet feels somewhat defeatist to that cause, because one of the big well, arguments was, you know, helmets don't fit on turbans, and but, six have to wear turbans. So, so I mean, I mean, just to break it down, can we all agree it's a it's a pretty good idea for kids? Can we, you know, kids who have a judo and put a helmet like it, it's a it's a cool design I, I think it is you know parents who want protection maybe find the name is 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 where where the controversy is rising but also for the for the you know like you're saying all these concerns that's more to do with like a, a full-on bug or the thought isn't it like that's a completely different scenario um than this helmet i mean yeah if, I, if, if the kid was wearing you know a full-on bug the helmet, no helmet's gonna fit is it am i am i no, you're right. Even like if yeah, I, I, mean, I just, I'm just, yeah, you know. So like, uh, the Judah has always uh, been an issue with helmets. Uh, yeah, I told you guys a story about my, um, uh, about one of my cousins who played baseball, uh, and it wouldn't, the helmet wouldn't fit, and he got teased, and he stopped playing. You know, this is like double A and triple A, right? So, um, you know, there. I mean, that's not the only reason he stopped playing, but there, like, that adds to it, right? It's you never feel like part of the process. So if someone comes up with a solution. Um, and I, I think it got carried away. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it went from being something good for kids uh, as, uh, and then adults go and ruin it. Right. So that's, that's the way I looked at it. So I, mean, I, I would say maybe the name, I think that's where, you know, where, where people are really getting upset. But I mean, even that, eh. who cares? Like, honestly, yeah, cares? It's, like, it's just a, it's just a stupid it's a debate. It's a kid's there, yeah. there, there's. First of all, you know, Tina, Tina Singh, you said, uh, you know, good for her, good for the kids. Yeah, kudos to you. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like she she broke some barrier. This, this, there's a precedent set hundreds of years ago for this exact design. With, you know, not in composite materials like she's come up with, but, you know. In war times. Warriors, legit, <laughs> wore helmets of the exact same design. Um, you know, some no-name people like Sukha Singh, for example, who happened to kill Masaranga, most one of the most celebrated people in our histories, you know, Joe Schmo, he wore it. <laughs> Who's going to call him wrong? Um, there's, I think, Hari Singh Nalwa, he's, he's uh, you know, That's recorded armor. to saying, have worn you're it. Saying, you're saying it, it's armor. It's armor. It's armor. It's armor. Yeah. It, it's for protection. So at some point, someone who is probably a better sick than most of us, uh, most of you, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just a stupid one not talking, right? Uh, like how Monel is have opinions on these kind of things. 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, someone who's who's people who've been, you know, a reputation of being great legendary six. Uh, it, it, they didn't think it would affect their jeevan to wear a helmet when they need protection. So why are we complaining about it? If you're coming from a spiritual aspect, well, then the contention contention there would be: Did they actually wear it, or are we? like the interpretation of 
the stuff are we just kind of like uh if i think if you were a general and you had money or you had some status and you could afford the armor you you wore it so no they they wore it okay they so wore it. like come on they, like i mean if, if the frescoes and the gordore from back then have pictures of them if if our historical text where we get our dos from and and a lot of like our history from and that's not disputed uh talk about them wearing it then they wore it okay it, it, it's not a if or when they did hold on, what, no what, but sometimes bad, what, hold on why is it a bad thing if someone wore like let's, no no it's let's not just, about the armor it's kind of like well, I, yeah let's just peel it back even if they what's the big deal there there's a a a, a took in barney which oh, I see, you know okay. i guess more or less is uh, interpreted as a condemnation of wearing dopies like you and i are doing right now <laughs> you guys are assholes uh but yeah no it, it's one of those things no the, the reason the the history of it kind of comes into it is is it historically because uh, if we historically accept it versus historically talk about it kind of thing mm. um is, are we interpreting it correctly if these were as widespread because a lot of times it's like hold on was this the sick armor or was this the Patan armor that certain six may have even you know brought in or adopted if it was super widespread where why did it phase out you know so i mean i, I mean still still peeling the peeling that onion back if i can call it that what's the problem well for it's kind of like and aside aside from the, the 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 you know what ranji just had mentioned i mean the problem i guess comes from are we making uh, are we basing a point on something that we haven't ourselves yet accepted because if we accept that six did wear this full-on armor this head armor then you get the case that there was a sick helmet in the past that was worn versus was there not, right? So there is contention of whether or not the the actual armor that's in the frescoes or that's on display, how widespread was that? How accepted was that? How prevalent was that within the regiments or during that missile era, era right? I, I just think so it's based on the ranks. Yeah, right, the ranks. Let's, let's, higher let's, the rank, the more the, the, more the yeah, armor. That's happening in every military. It, prevalence, prevalence doesn't matter. It, our like, leadership wore it. If two guys are wearing it, or versus right, and then there was also I don't know if you saw Jod Singh Young Pujang's uh, thread on it. He's like, it very well could be that the mention of armor here is referencing their Damale fold with uh, steel itself, like the weaponry that you see in Nahang Singh's wearing the Damale. That it could just be right. a poetic reference to it. Do 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 we? Uh, I I, right? I don't. You tell me if I'm being disrespectful. I mean, I'm just generally asking. You're always respectful. I see, you got to ask. You know, no, you are. I, I, I know. I'm being. I'm being it it starts with that. I, I, hold on. Am I being racist? If I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even need to tell me the second part. Yes, you no, are. No, I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying the the way that Nahang is where they're demolished today, which seems overly accessorized, um, with weight. This is just a. Do you think that's how it really was in battle, or was it more, you know, lighter and and or was it? You're saying it was fully armored, but that wouldn't that be impossible to fight in? I mean, and just from a not know. the not the five foot like Dumale that you but might. That's see. What I, but that's what I'm picturing. If you have, but, to, but you like know, the, the big ones, full of weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been noted that they wore big ones like that. Like tall, like wasn't there more like just tall and like it's also part lighter. of it. Wasn't as I've heard Katha where they talk about how intimidating the Nahangs were went to the enemy to see them with these the thought on this grand. That they were already intimidated just by the sight, um, mm. 
So and, and then there's other like practical war theories I've heard about, you know, not everybody had huge estimates like that, but some people did and they were used as uh, line markers to see where your line is from afar as you're doing shelling from the back. So you can see exactly where your lines has advanced just by seeing. Oh, like a world, I know, I know, the, I know those those bugs were huge. That's a different style. Right? So, so, I'm, so I'm, not, I'm talking about like the you know, I'm gonna use a cylinder. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And then you have the I guess the. You know, I'm having so much fun this watching so him. Painful. Oh, this is so good. This, this is so good. good. This is like a slow, slow motion I, I, train wreck. I, what I'm picturing in my head is a big cylinder of metal on someone's head and them trying to fight, and that does not sound. It's essentially a helmet. You've just not made it a hat, right? And just layer of layer, layers of. You're talking uh, about the chakar, the chakar yeah, that are in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like over and over. If you're saying there's multiple of them. Yeah, but they actually took those off and like tossed them. No, no, I know they did. I know it was a <laughs> weapon, but one, one I understand, right? But if you have like sixteen of them, I mean, surely that's heavy. It was uh, a It was a chakar holder and uh, and protection. Look, we're going. We're digressing way too far on this. All I'm saying is. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a visual. So I think my problem with this is because we don't want to agree with like, you know, frescoes and I'm trying to get a visualization of what the other side says. Yeah. Uh, was there perception of what the warrior looked like? You know, was Honestly, it just one, was it a, you know, full metal guard? Like I, that's what I'm trying to ask. I'm not, I'm not shitting. That's so they, visualize they, they were around. They've always been around. Uh, they faded out for the last couple of hundred years or so. Fine. Um, they're coming back now. And people are, have an issue with the name, fine, call it Helmet for Six. <laughs> makes you feel any better. Um, but I think it's purely political. Like, it's purely political because of what Shinda alluded to at the very start. Uh, you know, the motorcycle issue, uh, the exemptions that we've lobbied for for so long, which took a lot of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. And it's almost as if people are fearing that we're undoing it now. That is the only legitimate fear I can accept. But, but I don't, it's I don't think adults, right? Like if if you're an adult and you're and you're saying, well, I don't want to wear it, and you're gonna fight for that right, okay. And I mean the motorcycle issue, and we always talked about that. You know, I'm against it, not from a a religion standpoint. I'm like just from a safety standpoint. So, but if you know, you pose the other side. Okay, if you want to take that risk, then decline all insurance, decline all healthcare, or decline. You know that. You know, and they always throw back. Oh well, people drink and smoke, and the stupid line that I get. But that's my thinking like you're an adult you can do whatever you like but the reason it's there is for your own safety so if you think well you know i really don't care about my safety this is more important i could decline the care right i mean that's the way i i kind of even in, in well, work i think you brought us right back into the motorcycle thing versus no but it works sites are the same thing right like if you if, if you want if you are saying well i'm going to go to work site, i don't want to wear the, the construction helmet i'm sure the liability is saying well you're taking the risk so i same thing with soldiers in the army Right, you're you're running into where you don't want to. That's that's your right. I mean, that no one should take that away from you. you. Do whatever you want, but at the same time, you are putting your life at a greater risk. Are we not? Is that not? I feel are, like are we, where that we becomes disagreement. The, I feel like part of it I agree with. Like you, when you make the accept not wearing certain gear because you're against it, that's fine. That's your call. If yeah. I go mountain biking, I don't want to wear a back brace, and I flip over, I might get hurt more. Yeah, those are risks I'm taking. I think where it gets a little. Uh, dicey is when you say well healthcare shouldn't cover you if you're taking this risk because how many things maybe do we do too right far. yeah like yeah, yeah fair enough that's true but what, I, what i'm trying to say is that you're obviously taking that into account that well i'm an adult i'm probably going to get hurt so you're taking that risk on right so for kids it's the opposite 
you know, we want to protect our kids. And like you said, you, you want your child to wear a helmet. I'm the same way. So I don't see how a children issue uh, where the children doesn't, the child doesn't know any better, right, uh, can affect an adult issue. I think the adult is issue the name, become, well, is the, the name. If it's the name, then it's fine and work on the name because that's the psychology, right? But the name is one of the issues. And I think part of the other one is if you start letting the kids go with it and then the debate becomes, hold on. Well, if the sick vodka is good enough for kids, why is it not good enough for it? It becomes trying to explain the whole thing in court or in legislation to a bunch of Gode who may not want it. It's, so do they, okay, like so, we're so we're, them my confusion is, do these groups not want kids to wear helmet, the helmet, or it to not to exist or not to call it a sick helmet? Is I that they, the... So I think where it's settled on recently, after a lot of back and forth on Twitter, where certain groups, I'm going to call out United Six here, they posted a nice tweet saying that this helmet should not even exist or initially. They quickly backtracked. What? They initially backtracked. They deleted those tweets. They had like a complete 99% just negative feedback. Everyone was just pissed at them for even going at this as hard as they did. And I feel like they a have lot no of need to. Did. Huh? They have no need to wade into that. Yeah, but they just always... keep stealing money from people and, you know, using it somewhere else and don't. I mean, sorry. Not stealing. Allegedly. I mean, taking taking money. Allegedly. Taking money and, and using it for humanitarian reasons yeah. um but yeah Legit. you're not you're not a political you're not a political uh yeah you know. I, I think it's the people weighing in on like so everyone's weighing in on this and so it was an easy thing to weigh in and, and yeah, so are we i mean you, we're using our stupid little microscopic platform to weigh in on it too but we do that yeah. <laughs> we're no better than anyone else really but yeah no so they backtrack and then they replace it and i think where everyone kind of settled down and kind of when cooler heads prevailed was look the name itself is a problematic and we work at changing the name and sick helmets. They responded. They put a release out saying, listen, we do believe in the helmet for protection. Um, but we understand the concerns of the community. Uh, we are going to look into maybe changing the name of our company. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, for adults, when you snowboard, do you, do you tie your I, hair down and put the snowboard, hel I, snowboard helmet or no helmet? No, so when I snowboard, usually I'll just tie a flat to Judah, which basically yeah. means instead of like doing a Judah, it's loose. It's like loose, right? It's loose. I do have a small key ski on it, and the helmet fits pretty comfortably on it. Um, and same thing. If I go ice skating, I did used to do the same thing. Um, would you be would you would you be happy with something like that? So it's it's more honestly for what I'm, when I'm boarding or does it, it not makes, or does it not or does it not make a difference at that point? When I'm doesn't make a difference because when I take my helmet off yeah. for boarding to go eat lunch, I'm able to actually tie my Judah up pretty quickly. It's not as problematic or of a thing. And honestly, I'm at that age where I just feel like I'd look like a goof if I tied a patka. So I probably wouldn't be doing that either, right? I would uh, love to see that. Yeah, so I'm not doing that either. So for me, it's always going to be that small kiski. Make, uh, make it make it polka dot. Make it polka dot, please. Polka dot has to nah, be polka dot. I, I ain't going down that road with you guys. But <laughs> I'm just saying, there's. if I was a kid, and this is the thing. When I was a kid, we did a lot of dumb shit me and my boys we'd go we'd set up dirt ramps one of my boys like was in the hospital for a week because of one of our ramps we were jumping tires and stuff and it was we had a lot of fun right <laughs> doing what we did point. <laughs> just um, prove the point <laughs> and like i even went mountain biking as an adult and i freaking bust my shoulder and luckily at that time i was wearing a helmet because i did hit my head on a rock uh you know kids kids have died at blue mountain man or some people hit the um the yeah. snowmakers and die yeah uh, not wearing helmets uh, so and look, I yeah, used to ski without a helmet for the longest time. Uh, and I remember always being super annoyed when I'd fall on my 
this thought would start unraveling and I'd have to like pick up my skis or whenever I wipe out because we were trying to race each other and not being the greatest skiers, but yet still trying to do the stupidest shit. Uh, so now I'm older. I'm like, you know what? I ain't got time for that. I'm just put the helmet on and life is good for me. And I've taken friends yeah, I mean, who said, hey, I'm not going to wear a helmet. I said, that's your project. I'm not going to, I don't try to convince exactly. anyone. I just, I, I mean, that, that's fair. I think, I think the rights, like the people are scared of, like definitely in, in obviously for workers' rights, uh, the military police, I, I think those are important. I don't, I, I think people have fought for those, but recreation stuff like the motorcycles, um, that's recreation. It is recreational. It has nothing to do with your job or your, it's something like, you know, it's like snowboarding. You're kind of doing it on your own. I mean, there's no, this whole, you know, thing that's where it's the system's imposing on you and it's being discriminatory. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think for you riding your bike twice a summer, uh, it's more about showing off. And that's what I, that's, that's the way I, I mean, it at. looks I badass. Like it. I got to admit, it looks Yeah, great. it looks cool. Yeah. Until you fall. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, and then you know, you're going to, it's going to take one, it's going to take that one case. And, you know, it's, um, for me, it's, it's like, yeah, definitely those other rights are, are way too important. You know, if workers' rights in the military, so on and so forth, but recreational, man, it's like, come on, we got bigger issues. And, and it's been made in such a huge issue, um, like this and the same group hopped on it again. So and I'm allowed to say that, so that's just, I don't care what anybody says, but uh, yeah, I think we got bigger fish to fry. That's, that's, that's the end of it, I guess, yeah. All right, moving on, bigger fish to fry, Pearson, what's going on there? Dude, this uh, airport's a fucking shit show. Like, there's no other way to say it. A fucking dumpster fire. We need, we need a new airport, that's it, that's the end of it. Yeah. We there, got a few, no? We got, like, uh, Billy Bishop, we have... Hamilton has one. Kitchener has oh, one. Billy Billy Bishop, no, because Jets can't land there. Jets can't land there. So, I mean, we have Hamilton and we have London and Waterloo. Kitchener. And, yeah, got one. And then Pearson. So, it, it really is a shit show in the sense that, look, we, we a couple of pods ago, we talked about our bags and, and whatnot. Um, customs there is, is nuts. I, I recently saw a tweet from a sports reporter talking about how all the Nexus machines are out too and lines stretching like way beyond the customs hall. Um, this isn't even COVID. I mean, this is just a total, total uh, shit show. Probably stemming from, you know, a lack of uh, um, manpower. But they charge a lot of money. So if you are turning a profit, you're doing something wrong, hire more people and to have a lower margin. But you need more bodies in there. And if you need to incentivize people by paying more, then so be it. But you can't. This is a joke of an international airport. Is is it the customs now that's delaying everything? Is that what you're saying? Like, it's there, across the board. There's a there's a there's a drop of the ball in every aspect, other than it still being generally clean as far as a, as clean as an airport can be. Um, but yeah, flights are late. Flights are delayed. Um, baggage is a mess. We also that zoo of bags. Uh, what, what 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 happened? So I can, I can understand the I mean, looking at those immigration numbers, obviously the influx of people coming into Pearson and going through immigration is is obviously going to slow uh, processing times to some degree. Maybe that's a manpower issue there, but I mean, is it is it something they can't prepare for? That's where I'm getting confused. Yeah, right? I, I'll tell you this: you know, like, are, yeah. the flight loads now in Pearson are not at its anywhere near its peak, near its 2019 peak, for example. We're not there so, yet. So what is it? 
nobody wants to work. It, it, what is it? It can only be. I can only imagine manpower and, and a lack of organization. But aren't I, border agents uh, CBSA? Like, are is there an issue with there just not being enough CBSA agents available? I or? mean, I'm. I, I hear there's a lot of turnover, but they're also hiring a lot too now, right? There's a lot more bodies coming back on the line. Um, but, you know, CBSA has nothing to do with bags, that, that mountain of bags that we saw in the in the arrival halls. They have nothing to do with that. So it's it's not even the, the that issue. There's just a they general, they haven't done general the, uh, ball drop. I, I've seen it in the UK where you just kind of walk through. There is no... Um... When you get to customs, it's, it's surely automated. You just kind of walk through. There's a camera, and it just it's a green gate, and it just lets you through. So really? people from the UK, yeah, yeah. They, so in London and Scotland, they had that last time. So if you were a, a UK passport holder, you kind of went to a separate line, and you scan your passport, and as you go through, it takes a picture, and it's like a green gate, and just opens, and they go. Yeah, and there's a quick no, facial there, scan of you, and goes through their entire database. There's no, there's there's no person, so it's quick. You know, it's well. It's, that's why uh, I like uh, like the Nexus is a great perk. I, I have it, and that's what I do. I end up just going to the machine, scan it, takes a picture of me, and I walk right through. It's honestly amazing. But when those are shutting down now, like it's a total collapse. Isn't there been? I heard something that Canada and America's uh, border patrol or something. There's an issue there that not going political they, strife. Yeah, the the U.S. border officers say that uh, they want to be able to have their guns on them at the airport in Canada. Uh, and, you know, we said, no, you don't need it. We don't have it either. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, the Nexus program has been on hold, essentially. Um, wow. I think did they have now... The, did they have, did they have they had it before, ever before, or is this just a... No. Wow. Well. And so, it's kind of, I can understand the complications in trying to deal with a multinational type thing. It's kind of like, well, uh, you're in our country doing this work. You don't really need those guns. It makes our people feel scared of you. Um, and if a situation arises and you shoot someone, where does that leave? Are you then prosecuted by the police here, obviously, because you're committing the crime here? Or do you get like some sort of... No, you're technically in the you're US. technically in the US. Uh, as soon as you hit pre-clearance there, yeah, yeah, you're technically US. So now it's kind of like, well, do we have to then now... Yeah, I can I can understand, and as a as a citizen of Canada, I'd probably, I'm a little uncomfortable with U.S. Customs having guns when they don't need them, especially if I'd have to go yeah, to they have America this, to. They have this new app. I, I think it's in the airport to to get through, not Nexus, but so I did it on my way to Orlando, and I went up and you know I had my phone out. The lady would not even look at me. She wouldn't talk to me. Passport just started yelling at me. I'm like, I got all flustered. I'm like, but yeah. the app doesn't. It completely ignored me, and I, I thought she was being racist. I'm like, I, you know, like effing this, and I get all mad at shit. But now I know there's a reason behind it, so that's that makes me feel better. <laughs> I should use that app but, in line too. Um, didn't really speed things up by much, but it did speed up things up a little bit. They gave me access to a separate line, which that's. I, I went through the separate line, even though there wasn't many people there. Thinking, oh, okay, I did it. I might as well go. But I got there and she didn't even want to see it. She's like, no, pull your passports. So I was like, okay. My, I just wasted uh, the last five minutes in putting this information. For exactly. I was, I, was more, I was more pissed about that. Yeah. This, this card has saved me so much time. It's so worth the 50 bucks every five years. It's but, so worth it. But, you, I even like when I'm traveling. I don't travel Wait, you travel domestically? You get to go to the fast line at security. I want to get one. Card, I got the American Express. I got that. Okay. Anyways. Sorry, yeah, Mr. Vacations. Um, anytime you're coming back internationally, though, you can use the Nexus Lane instead of having to go through customs. Oh, I, wanted to get one. I didn't know that. That's cool. I heard yeah. it takes like a few years, though, to get approved for it. 
no, it's like a, it's an interview, isn't it? Like a quick interview. Yeah, but they used to be. It used to be months. Now I don't know because like there's been a freeze of the program if it's a years long uh, wait. But if you sign and up, heard, you'll get the call whenever you get the call. And I heard they don't do it at Pearson no more. You have to actually go to Niagara or somewhere to do the interview. They uh, stop conducting. I don't know. For me, it's always kind of like I go to America three times tops a year on a good year. Um, I don't know how much it's going to save me there, but. Yeah, but Shinde, when you're coming back from the UK or Spain or India or something, it'll, it'll <laughs> who are you then. talking to here? Like it's going to Spain and India and thing, Mister Dude. I'm lucky when I go across the street to like, I'm I don't leave Brampton too often. I'm. You're gonna start traveling. I don't got. No. I don't got how that. Old's uh, how's your How's your young one? My youngest one is two. Oh, you missed the boat, man. No, we the free okay. flight. We we tried flying with him. It wasn't as a thing. We had a free flight with him, and I, I'm like, you know what? Him in the lap just doesn't work. We're getting him a seat. That didn't work either. I was like, I'm just not flying with you no more, kid. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I milked that free flight for a while. Yeah, no, our Both kid, my kids. Yeah, I remember the first one was beautiful. He just fall asleep. He was nice. Uh, the second one's chaos. So I hope I hope he's listening to this in ten years. In yeah. Ten years, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was total chaos. So, if he wonders why we go on too many vacations while he was a little kid, this is why you were chaos. But, um, no, honestly, it's just I don't know if there's I don't travel that much. I want to travel, but traveling's expensive, and I ain't got that kind of loot sometimes. What? Traveling's expensive. Traveling's expensive. Okay. Traveling with loot, kids. Though. Traveling with kids. It's a four K minimum. It's a uh, yeah, I agree with that. Four, it's like two k just on flights, and then you got to do, and then I always tell it my depends. wife this: but Do you like like when you travel? Like, is it to do go do like you know big excursions and see? This is where it differs. Right? Money, I want to do stuff. For like, no, I, I want to get out. I want to do stuff, and I'm like, I can't do that stuff with kids anyway. So now I'm just going to go babysit them in a different house, in a different place, or a different hotel. I'm like, why am I giving up home court advantage here? What what am I you know? Uh, when they're older and we can go places weather, and do though, stuff. Weather, weather is the only um, only reason I see that you might be motivated to I had a babysit great time in when a different I went locality, to if you Yeah. yeah. Uh, weather was nice having a pool to play. In. I, I definitely think there's pluses to traveling, but I think my kids are just too young right now for me to fully uh, embrace and enjoy the perks of it. It's just me chasing them and making sure that they don't freaking drown or jump on the road or, you know... Eat something out of like the mini bar that they shouldn't, just for the sake of having. We're off the ground. <laughs> we're off the ground, right? We'll yeah, get to that yeah. point where we can go to Disney, but we're not at the Disney age yet. I didn't do that Disney. Too. It's fine, man. You, you can do it. I'm doing sure. Disney. I'm doing Disney August. Anyways, um, Brian, man, August. In in Cali? LA. Oh, that's what. LA. It's not really LA. It's Anaheim. Yeah. Skip the Whatever. LA part. Go straight to uh, Orange County. Midway. I have a wedding out there. Oh, nice! Of course you, of River, course you do. Riverside, <laughs> motherfuckers. Are you, Riverside. Guys, are you guys back in that wedding phase where you're just wedding season? Dude, this, this, this summer wedding season. Yeah, you're. Ex- you seem excited. This guy's face lit up. You're still not tired of it. I'm. I'm shocked. I, I love the buffet lines. I love bumping into everybody. How about the I parties you just went to in the last few weeks? Same thing. You like still fun? Yeah. They're all fun. They're all fun. Love me that buffet line. 
No, it's good times, man. It's good times. Everybody's dressed. Everybody's happy. And uh, after three years of not seeing people, it's good. What's not to like? People. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) All right, man. Someone dictate... uh, Someone dictate the next topic. I'm at a loss. Where we're gonna go with this? Uh, uh, oh, you're looking at me. You're looking at me. Healthcare. I think I we're thinking about healthcare, right? I think probably we're all thinking healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not talking healthcare. Healthcare. Okay, I was thinking about a little bit more arrogant uh, uh, wannabe Osho type situation, but we can go with healthcare. I mean, sure. I'm good with sure. whatever. You, sure. you, you, you will steer the, this boat. You steer this boat wherever sir. you want. Captain, yeah, so my we, captain. We, I got apparently I got into a little I didn't think this was gonna get me into any bitter trouble. I still don't think I'm in trouble. Because all I did, so an accuser, someone who was accused. No, no, hold on. Let's get the terminology right. Someone who was assaulted by an individual who is a poet by and they're humble apparently. Uh they made a TikTok last week that went viral. Where they said they were sexually assaulted and that they filed charges and it took them. It happened in 2019. They said 18 months and now you're on a, you know, book tour promoting love and being a love guru type thing. Uh, that thing went viral, and little old me thought, hey, this seems notable. Let's uh, share it. Let's talk about it. And a few other people did too. And apparently, Gupshup travels fast, and we're gonna be getting talked to. So that's what it is. So maybe me and Raji should just stay quiet. <laughs> I mean, one of us is already in the mud. May as well get stuck with it, right? I mean, look. Uh, I mean, if I, I'm going to weigh in on this too, uh, you didn't do anything wrong, man. Like, uh, what we, your podcast on your own. Actually, we should shut that <laughs> shit down because it's too successful. <laughs> well, if that shuts you down, if that shuts you down, yes, sue the pakaru. <laughs> no, but uh, you, you know, you didn't say anything wrong. It, it was it's a current event. Um, and just saying, just oh, this, this, this is allegation. Yeah, this is on the internet. It was, you know, making waves in every WhatsApp group uh, that I was in. So um, it was definitely something like, hey, something happened in the world. We're not going to talk about it. No, I mean, something happened in the world. Um, but you can be, you can be delicate about it. And and I, I just want to touch on that. Like when people make allegations, there's like so much politics about it. Because if you say anything that makes it sound like you don't believe the victim, you're an asshole. Right? Yeah, like apparently, well, apparently, you're supposed to like empower the victim. We also live in a fucked up world where there's victims and then there's air quote victims. Um, and people just don't know. So, what's the right way to deal with these things? Well, well we also live know. in a world now where the law doesn't do its best to protect victims either. So can yeah, you say, that, well, you didn't get charged. There you go. You're innocent type thing comes up a lot in these type of conversations. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of ways people don't get charged. There's jurisdictional issues when, you know, you're in Turkey and you commit a crime. So you can't get charged in Canada, for example. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of <laughs> loopholes and, and caveats, right? So uh, the one, in, you know, issue that came up uh, in this uh, victim's case is, there's uh, 18, 18 months to bring this case to trial. Uh, there's a case that I think it was in 2019 called RV Jordan, where a judge was like, yeah, fuck this. Like when the government delays a case past like, you know, 18 months. 
and the delay is the government's fault. Like we got to dismiss it. We can't just have people languishing their whole lives, can't cross the border, can't get a job because they have a charge against them, only to be found innocent like five years later. Like that's bullshit, right? You have witnesses who don't remember what happened two years ago or two months ago. How are you going to? How are they supposed to remember where they were at what time? Who was wearing what? Um, you know, three years later, four years later. So. Um, the judge in that case set uh, a time limit of uh, 18 months for cases to be tried. And, you know, if if what the lady said in her video is true, it seems like this case was on its way being dismissed or was dismissed because of that 18-month time limit. Um, so it's not an acquittal. It's not a conviction. Uh, we're in no man's land. So we're in the court of public opinion. That's where we're at, you know. And it's he said, she said. And all I really need to say on that is this is where a PR team, a well-thought-out PR team, is worth its weight in gold. Allegations come out, and I can't imagine any sensible PR team saying yes instead of, you know, working with the person who's made these allegations and coming out with a joint statement you should instead go around and threaten litigation or attack anyone who has shared her story um, because all you look like and sound like is this extremely defensive person who has something to hide. Um, even if that's not the case, you come across that way and uh, you look like somebody who's trying to silence the victim. You know, uh, you're just asking for that narrative. It doesn't matter, you know, if people are making fun of you or even just bringing up, bringing it up and talking about it like you did. I mean, Shinda, to, to your credit, you didn't say anything either way. You just discussed the video. Um, it's just really, really stupid. And I can't imagine anybody who knows PR, who knows, you know, how to promote something and talk about shit, like dealt with it the way they did. From what you're saying, from a PR's perspective, it's kind of in more well uh when you come up on the internet to think that you can silence what's going on. Joe Rogan has this famous line. He's like, once it's online, you know, it's, you got to deal with it head on. You can't just try to. Wow. What a great line. Shinda. That's a great line. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's out there, right? It's out there. Once it's out there, it's out there. Joe Rogan's whole thing is the internet's unstoppable. So once the memes take over and that's kind of where it is, it's like, you can't stop the meme crane. Um, at certain creators and certain influencers, they went on and they had some pretty dank memes. I think every WhatsApp group was coming up with its own memes that were being shared internally and some made their way online. Uh, to go online and try to get rid of those memes, I think there's no putting the genie back in the bottle for a lot of these situations. Um, and like to your credit, what you're saying is a good PR team knows like if you're battling the internet, the thing you don't do is try to get everything removed. You got to face things and put out your own statements and if you don't, you're leaving everything up to interpretation. Yeah, so, I mean... So is the case finished? Look, we have we have nothing to go on other than what so oh. one girl said. Um, and from what she's saying, uh, you know, the, the alleged victim, let's just call it that. Uh, from what she's saying, uh, the case is dismissed because of the 18-month time limit. It was just never went to trial. So when a case when a case gets dismissed like that, that doesn't go to trial. Does she lose all right to still uh, throw out allegations? Does it then become? Uh, well, I forgot the word. 
defamation defamation that's the one and if it's like, like if it hasn't gone to court like what's the you know she she hasn't had her day in court is that the a term you might use and but it got thrown out so does she lose all her rights to that as well like she can't speak about it ever yeah, is that, yeah. no i mean she can speak about it if, if it's look uh there's that's many so messed, that's, there's, that's so messed up yeah. there's many <laughs> there's many defenses to defamation one of the strongest one is truth what is truth look like yeah there's no trier of fact that has come out in this case let's say if from what we know and that's very little there's no trier of fact has come out and said one party's guilty one party's not guilty um but i imagine there's pleadings out there where the crown has brought forward a case um and it just wasn't decided so uh it's a bit of a pandora's box uh, it's somebody's truth is valid so if if she can say look this happened to me i've gone to court i there's no judge in the in the world that's going to say yeah you know you're lying uh it just hasn't gone and been decided yeah, yeah. but uh, it wouldn't be counted as defamation you know it's not like it was a very scandalous, she, at this point she can just it wasn't like a scandalous wants. utterance right that she said mm. with malice or or, or and or to hurt he somebody, not, he, he he wouldn't want to take that to court, would he? Because then he would have to. You'd have to actually um, address those allegations in court. Look, I mean, you know, there's a bit catch twenty two. If you want this to die, I mean, you you probably don't want to take it to court. Yeah, that's that's um, where I'm kind of I'm 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 just trying to get the the the. the so I have a question here because mindset, the, right? So he, thing she said was uh, that a peace bond was made. What exactly is a peace bond? They're more like, fuck. Okay, I don't practice criminal law, by the way. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, don't call this guy. Yeah, don't call me. If He's you're not in jail. Sal. Uh, people know him more as a restraining order, for example, something similar to that. So a peace bond is not like something like a judge. Well, a judge gives you, but uh, you can you can apply for one saying, you know, this person's harassing me. I want to make sure that they stay away from me and. That's what happens. It's a peace bond. Mm -hmm. um, so that means, you know, one party says another person can't have contact with me directly and directly. And then that's put through by an order, by a judge. So that's a peace bond. So there was a peace bond uh, allegedly in this case. So I guess that would restrict the movement between uh, the communication between the victim and uh, the alleged. Uh, now, can peace bonds have uh, certain criteria of look, we'll agree to not talk about the situation in exchange. You will donate so much money to this charity and, uh, that's a, that's certain like a, things, right? Can like, that's a non like, that's like a non That's what it is, right? Like, a, yeah, this feel, what you're talking about doesn't really feel peace bondy. <laughs> <Single term. laughs> Sounds more like a, a civil, only serious, settlement. only serious lawyer terms here. Peace bondy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like a civil, uh, a civil claim, and uh, there is no mention of any civil claim, so I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Oh, it could go civil. That's another. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, you have a limitation period for that too, so probably over that. Now I have a question, though. Hypothetically, Fuck. hypothetically, I'm the if hypothetically, <laughs> okay. if someone. <laughs> were to have this 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 elo 101 let's go yeah yeah if you were to have Akala. done <laughs> if you were to have done something shady that goes contrary yeah. to the public image that you're trying to push mm -hmm. that's pretty scummy no 
Is this a law question or just in the is the guy a scumbag question? No, no, not, yes. not, no. I'm just saying, if someone were to do something contrary to what they try to present themselves as, that's kind of shady, no? So you're saying, are they hypocritical? I, yeah. I just feel hypocritical, shady, scumbaggy. I feel like there's a plethora of adjectives we could use to describe I mean, hypocrites. I mean, if it, like we said, if it, the allegations have to be addressed in court or something like that of that nature comes out, then yeah. And then I'm just surprised that no one's over. actually gone out and ordered the pleadings. You know, at this point, hypothetically, if one were to order such uh, pleadings, how would one, one do so? <laughs> how would one do so? <laughs> it's an offline discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and could one read such pleadings publicly? Shinda uh, wants all the smoke, part. man. Shinda just wants that smoke. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this thing to rest because the victim in this case who made this situation said she wants to move on from it also. So part of me is just like, well, if she wants to move on, who am I to constantly drag this up on her, you know, her behalf, obviously. But uh, I'm just curious. So how's so, how's so you're being a good Sam, You're being a good, you're being a good Samaritan. Huh? I, I mean, to, you just, you just go to the, the court. And, and this, it might not, be, it's not even, related, you. it's not even related to this case. I'm talking about like other cases, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have a open justice system, you know, because the whole precedent common law where judges make law. So, uh, this is open to the public unless there's a publication ban. I don't think there would be in this case, but who knows? Um, yeah, you just go to this little window at the courthouse, probably pay a nominal fee and probably no more than 50 bucks. And you'll get a copy of everything that both sides, the government and the defense filed with court. I feel like Ranjit's hearing this stuff and he's like, you would be such an asshole of a client to deal with because you have too many questions. He just don't get no, 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 advice. No, no, no. He just bill you for the hour. Like, keep <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> These dollar signs. You want to yeah. talk about hypocrites? Talk about lawyers. Whoa. 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 E, we are keepers of the balance. Okay. Yes. Balancing your books. These guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll need me one day. You'll need me. You'll come crawling to me. Lawyers percent. Uh, I feel like lawyers yeah. are the new modern day Shastar. It's Yeah, right. The, that's what that's what uh the Duns think. If you're going in a battle, you need to arm up your lawyers first. Hell yeah. That's that's the new frontier. That's where the fight is with the pen. Or Twitter fingers. Twitter fingers yeah, Gregor fingers turn to Twitter fingers. What's the line? Great? Yeah. Something like that. So yeah, big controversy. Uh, I I want to give an honorable mention to uh, this guy named Katapa. You are someone I will not ever fuck with because <laughs> <laughs> you are shit disturber to the max. I mean that in the most respectful way, Katapa. Respectfully. <laughs> but yo, this guy, I think he knows fucking defamation law inside out. It must have taken a couple of law, you know. The cases coming his way, I think he has a lawyer on retainer. Um, because he seems like he just flirts with that line where you know, sure, he gets sued, but he wouldn't uh, get a judgment against him. I certainly can't see in myself, but he's he just really fucking walks that line. But what's that line in, in, in comedy though? Like, comics, 
see outlandish shit like stand up. Why are they? Why are there no repercussions for that? Is that because it's an art form, or like how does that all work? You know, okay, can you so say anything you want and stand up? And that's actually a really good point. How, can I, I'm, so I'm just, I'm, it's it's comedy, right? A, a comedian goes roasts a crowd. He roasts someone in the crowd at a comedy show. Can that person then go to the comedian and be like, "Yo, that's defamation"? I mean, I would say in this case, like, or in the hypothetical that you mentioned. If the comedian doesn't fucking know the person and is a random, like that's a very different thing. You know, he's he's doing his job, his art form, teasing the crowd and making fun of him. If he if he knew someone, you know, his his friend from high school shows up and he tells everybody, Hey, stop the show, this guy's a pedophile. That's another story. But right? you see comedians always constantly go, You look like a pedophile, or you where they'll say you look like a mass shooter or school shooter. Could someone be like, Oh, well, we didn't say well, that, well, all that, my that, friends were there. That, they all made fun of me after that. And now everyone just calls yeah, me yeah. shooter. Yeah, no, I mean, him stating that that's a fact is one thing and him teasing you is another, right? So mm-hmm. it wouldn't really stick. No judge would really care for that argument. Really? Yeah. 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 It'd be a tough argument. And how would you say judges are in Canada versus America? On the sense, I guess you really wouldn't be able to comment because you haven't <laughs> tried anything. But have you read yeah, anything no. or heard anything on how this stuff differs between the two countries? And not how it differs, but it's like a evolving area of litigation just because uh, internet, man. Internet, how things are shared, how things are posted, how things are commented on. Um, the law in that area is being constantly rewritten. Um, so it's like amongst the, on the litigation side, it's like up there with the leading edge as far as internet technology, information technology, and how things are shared and how people are held accountable for what they say. It's like the new frontier. So yeah, man, um, it, it, it's, it's like for judges who are not technically savvy. Um, I, f- I see how it's, uh, it's an issue for them trying to understand like TikTok comments and how things are reshared is just sharing something like fucking defamation, right? So they're like, what is a TikTok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's repost, right? Yeah. Is liking something and amplifying it. Now like so there's this Pandora's box, man. Who knows? All right. Uh last thing that we had on the docket today. Oh, see how he's docket, lawyer docket. Healthcare. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do we even want to touch it? We've been on for almost uh hour and twenty five. We keep going. He's, <clears throat> you seem to get defensive of Dougler every time he comes up. Look, Dougler is a great friggin' premier. Let's um, just, let's just, let's, we're just in let's it now. Go to it. We're in let's it now. Let's just go to it, yeah. We're as in soon now. as you said Dougler's name, we got to stick with it. After years and years of liberal neglect on the healthcare system, Dougler decided that, you know what, enough is enough. Let's get this backlog sorted. Let's give uh, private healthcare facilities the ability to perform some nominal surgeries and some, you know, tests that normally you'd have to wait in lines for months at a hospital to get. It would just elongate your recovery period. Let's get Ontarians fixed. Here Mm -hmm. it is. We're going to do this. Whatever may come, may come, but we're going to fix this uh, backlog. Uh, So yeah, Douglas opened the Pandora's box here of small private healthcare two-tier system and it's two-tier still not, system yes but it, it is two, it kind it's already of exists so he went after cataract surgery 
I mean, that was his one, I guess, phase one or whatever you want to call it. And there's already a, a two-tier system within cataract surgeries. Private clinics already exist. I don't know how many surgeries they can perform, and I'm not sure if there's a limit, but, you know, there's ways that doctors give options on certain lens types. And, and you know, if you're more affluent, you can afford those options or they'll bump up a certain surgery in a private clinic. So, I mean, that kind of does exist. Um, the question is, is it going to decrease cataract wait times for people wanting OHIP options? No. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's only people that can pay for it are going to take these options. But they get so out of that queue, no? They don't have to be in that queue right now. They're, they're, that queue, that queue doesn't really exist. If you pay, you'll be taken care of. So that queue's already like. What I'm saying is, I, the cataract one's a bit tricky because there's the surgeon pay rates are involved, and uh, there's a lot of other um, problems with there's enough surgical centers around Toronto. That's that's the main issue. Uh, but the second phase with the MRI kind of threw me off. Why not just open MRI centers like publicly? And just have these centers all around the city. Like, I mean, what's the, why is that so difficult? Well, wouldn't that require that those centers now take money that is going to cover the whole bit into buying machines, buying land, buying rent? Yeah, but, right, administration you know, but, but, but you're not, but you're not paying a fee to get in, right? So those centers are going to charge an extra fee for you to get an MRI scan. But well, I think what right? Douglas so was if, saying is you can still get that scan for free. Like it's not. In a house, in the regular stream. No, no, the two-tier stream. But in this stream, you're still able to get it, but he's giving the money now to this MRI, private MRI thing and not just the public wait, uh, wait. place. Isn't so that... wait, wait. So, so he's taking it from the all, hospitals. That's the idea. First right? of all, these private places aren't getting paid at OHIP rates. They're getting paid by OHIP yeah. at a higher rate. They're getting a yeah. bonus, yeah. Yeah, yes, bonus. Okay, they're getting paid way more. For doing the civil duty system. of coming in and helping. So, and it, so mean, now... I mean, I thought this was the most obvious issue, but you guys haven't even addressed it. Um, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> how how are we in a system where we lack the manpower to operate at our hospitals at peak efficiency? How are we going about starting private facilities? And wow, Ooh. never seen that one before. Ooh. That one's new. The, oh, the, the Douglas got guys. him. Douglas got him, man. Just took him right out. Like, he hasn't right even come the, back. Right in the... He hasn't even come back. I come back like, in 30 seconds. This guy's, like, power just died. Douglas, like... Oh, that cut switch. Him out. <laughs> oh, man. Here we oh, go. Oh, no. He's back. He's back. Maybe Douglas needs to invest in better internet. <laughs> across across Ontario. <laughs> and now his mic's you. out. I can't hear you. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nothing, nope. brother. Nope. Douglas has you by the throat, bro. Oh, he's just nodding. <laughs> Doesn't know what to do. This is great. Randy's just silent. I haven't, I haven't seen this in a while. But he can hear us because he can hear the pain. Nope, nothing. Nothing. Well, this is good. Okay. There. Yeah. Okay. It's bad, bad microphone. Anyways. We can't hear you at all. We can though. barely hear you. Is the light on your microphone on? This is good content, by the way, because this is hilarious. Is Randy like the public system right now? We're the upgrade. We're the premium. <laughs> premium, premium package. Is the light on your mic on? 
What he's trying to say, is this what you're trying to say? Should I just, and you just keep nodding? Is that we need to fund our own institutions the way they are right now, that we don't have enough staff and they are in a state of disrepair, if you will, or, or not organized. And we should deviate funds to those locations rather than opening private clinics. I think that's what he was going to say. Well, I think a part of that, the argument, I guess, would be was... He did call us stupid, though, before we started talking. No, he called so. us idiots. Idiots, sorry. We idiots. should be very specific with lawyers. I feel like he would call us out on the wrong distinction here. Um, no, but the way I see it is private clinics, they, they're they covering their capital costs to get their private clinic up. Mm. Obviously, they're going to want a little bit more of a kickback to cover their costs. Profit. 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 Or make it worth their while of opening these facilities, paying rent, paying up for the machines up front. No. There you go. So, yes and no. Okay. A little bit louder. You're still... Yeah, finished. yeah. I don't care, okay? This is how it's going to be. So, uh, all I want to say, yeah, they need to invest in the in the resources that they have. They have these 24-hour centers called hospitals that are not being used. They have 24-hour, you know, operating bays that can be better funded so that this backlog can get turbocharged and kick-started and, and, and cleared out. What, what have we done now? We're incentivizing people to leave that public health care system, the doctors and the nurses, mm. get paid more in private, and it's going to leave these hospitals barren. It's not going to help. It'll only compound. There's no, the practical effect of this is still going to compound the backlog that we have because surgeries that were happening in the public system are going to slow down. It's yeah, not that's like what I mean. Yeah, keep you're not taking the weight off. Yeah. And now you yeah. have the private that's also like boosting. No, the public system is going to go down. The private system is going to go up, but it'll be the Less same. Less doctors rate of surgeries. working in public, longer surgery wait times. It's the same thing. And it, it's just such an obvious issue that five minutes of drinking coffee and thinking about it would be like, well, oops, that wouldn't work. Back to the drawing board. But no, there's an announcement. How are we moving forward with this? It's. There is privatization is needed. Don't get me wrong. There is some element of privatization that's needed to fix our healthcare system because in the purely public mode that we I like to ideally think that we're running, it's not working. Yeah. This is not the way. Mandalorian has spoken. Um, but at the same time, they're saying that the doctors aren't not going to have hospital credentials and not be able to work in hospitals and they're not going to they're still going to have to do some sort of shifts at hospitals? Um, not, I mean, I th yeah, I think there's, and there's on call and stuff like that where you do have to have some, sometimes, so but if you're, I'm, I'm just thinking about, no, I'm just thinking about like a private, uh, like a, just in a, an ophthalmologist's office, they just run their own office. They do devote, uh, devote a week or two, I think, to, to on call, but generally, they can just be in their clinic. Now, if their clinic can now be turned to more private basis or start doing more surgeries, now you're incentivizing them not even to look after general cases. Well, if I'm an ophthalmologist and I'm a surgeon, I'm going to go work in the private clinic. I'm getting paid, right? So now you got even backlog in the other stuff. I mean, it just, it's, it, it's a cascading effect of everything, right? So where I, where they, what they should have done is just, they need more money. They need to fund everything. And that's the end of it. And it's not the, you're out again. I can't hear you. <clears throat> I don't wait you do this, you do this, you, you do this, but you import doctors. You have to bring them from outside. 
import yes. doctors, import nurses, nurses, and then then fine. Then you have these two tiers, but at least, and you got to pay in the same. Yeah. You can you can bring in more people. So I, I know in certain specialities they only have certain amount of spaces at hospitals or um, localities, and therefore people can't get jobs. So that's another thing you got to have more jobs, right? You know, there's not um, <clears throat> there's not enough ophthalmologists in Ontario. You know, they're talking about cataracts. There's not enough there's not enough doctors to to do all these cataract surgery, let alone have places to work. Um, bringing them in, I don't know what that involves. There, there's a lot of issues with that with bringing other doctors from other jurisdictions to be specialists but um nurses as well same thing i'm sure there's there, there's issues with that but you, something needs to be done there has to be some kind of proposal uh where you can kind of try to alleviate some of that stress and <clears throat> do the work shortages but just opening privacy i don't my thing is what does that solve right it, it sounds nice um but now we're going to take care of it what do you say about so 14,000 cataract surgeries a backlog of, of whatever the number was. And I'm like, you know, who's going to pay for them? You know, it would, uh, who's going to pay for that? And it doesn't, it's not your, it's not your regular person. It's not, most people can't afford upgrades on a cataract surgery today in a public system. They only want OHIP based services. So this, now you have this, you know, this healthcare meltdown that, that we're in now is, it's it's fine, you know, everybody wants to blame, you know, 14 years of liberal rule, blah, 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 whatever. We're in a place where we have a healthcare meltdown. This is one of the issues where it'd be nice that if provincial governments and federal government could just be like, COVID, fuck it, we have a big emergency, let's all just deal with it on the same page and not politicize it. Mm. This is one of those issues that needs to have that type of approach. But, did, but he did say that he's going to listen to the federal, the federal government and abide by some of their demands to get some funding. Uh, Doug Ford has, I think that just came out two days ago, that they had stated that, that he's willing to work with the Liberals. So uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, it um, just comes, uh, so far I've only seen a bunch of butting of heads. Yeah. And I'm um, not just one side, I'm of all sides. Do you think we can afford it? I mean, that's the first question. With that many new people coming into Canada, you know, was it 400,000 a year? We can't. Our healthcare system can't keep up. So can we afford public healthcare? Well, if we're bringing so many people in, we're going to have to bribe the doctors. There's no two ways about it. Sorry, say it again? While we bring in more people, we have to make those investments in more doctors and more nurses. There's really just no two ways we, about we, it. There's, there's nothing around that, yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm optimistic. I'll be honest. I understand the glass half-empty approach to this. But hear me out. This is a big political gamble here. He's gonna face an election in two I years, bet, three years. Three I bet years. you. I bet you his friends are already drawing the blueprints of the fucking center. Right? No, but <laughs> I mean, they probably already had centers from the last election. Like, thanks, yeah. thanks, Dougie. Thanks. No, but the like, were already in the ground. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's somewhere in, along that new highway. I can guarantee it. There's gonna be a cataract center around look, there. Things. If it's a bad move and it hurts people and they're in in waiting even longer than they are now, as you know, the crit critics are saying will happen if people have to spend more time in weight rooms that's going to come out th in the election no but it's the way they define who those people are right so if they say well we sped up times for people who can pay for certain options sure but, but people will notice that no the 
population who was in line, they're going to notice and they're going to take that and they're going to be vocal and they're going to either hate him or love him. If, oh. for whatever reason, you get bumped up into a line and something great happens, you're going to love it, mm-hmm. no? You're going to tell people, yo, I just, this is I just, great. I just, I just, I think, I don't think we can say if it's good or problematic for sure because we don't really even know what the full plan is. It's, he did this with us too, with the full phase three and phase one and phase two plan. Doesn't make sense to me. Say what your what your intention is and just lay out a plan. What they're famous for is writing plans and having no details. Um, so one, let's see what the plan is. But does it open up the poss uh, possible uh, future uh, of a two tier health system? Does it invite those conversations, which were always a no, no, you cannot do that. Uh, you know, healthcare is something we guard and protect, and whatever you know, people so go we on guard that and line. protect, but don't fund, right? I, I, I think we need to fund it. I've always said that there's not enough funding. I mean, that's and you know simple. what we do? We do have a gem, just a simple conversation with doctors in the States and you realize how we still have it better as shit as it is. I mean, yeah. I, I was just what, when I went to uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, I, I went to an excursion with a bunch of doctors from Atlanta and they were just complaining about how messed up their system is where they can't treat people because they don't have coverage. They don't even want to talk about it. They get so frustrated. I mean, we still do have it good. The wait times I mean, and you all might that. Not get, is yeah. Bad. So, so we need to improve the healthcare system. I mean, yeah. I certain realize, things that. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Every time we open up the healthcare, I get doctors messaging me saying, "You guys don't know, Jack. You guys got like they get mad at me. They're like, why did you say what you said?' Because I'm like, oh damn, I just I'm probably gonna get shit on half for my comments.' Oh, let's let's get a but, doctor's view on this. No, we don't. I, we're not. We're not going from a. <laughs> I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a medical well doctor. Well played. So, so my uh, my view of it is from any citizen or blue collar, and all I know is with cataract surgeries, and I see what happens. So, I mean, I don't know the the inner workings because I know how much they get paid. I've worked with them, but there is one not enough ophthalmologist. That's a that's that's the baseline of it. There's just not enough doctors. So, you want them to stay, pay them, pay them more entice them to work and t- invite more open up more spaces that'll take off you know actually, uh, i actually knew a great op- ophthalmologist who couldn't settle here because there just wasn't work it's they don't even get space sometimes for surgery like getting to become a cataract surgeon you got to get a space yeah that's what i don't know the inner like... workings I, I, I would just get the tidbits of what they would complain about i don't know how it actually works but i was like yeah okay so it's political it's its own political system within um oh, bigger political system well maybe now they're gonna be coming back eh? these ophthalmologists that we know ah uh, no i think they're doing pretty well in uh america <laughs> that they're just like what's the point they might change it on us again in a few weeks yeah you never know right you never yeah. know with us you yeah, never know what's gonna know, happen but it's, or how it's gonna end but, but that's the thing we don't know what this means right and i, I like i've already seen certain clinics and what they do and they charge patients that they shouldn't be charging uh, for certain tests that are not necessary and and I try to tell the patients they don't have to pay for it but the patients feel guilted into it because it is a sales pitch so you know if that becomes more common practice then now there's confusion as a patient they go into one of these centers what am I paying for well, I guess I have to pay for it and now it becomes a, a for-profit business that's what I'm getting at right the whole narrative of OHIP care is is kind of gone anyways in this scenario but you're not going to decrease the backlog of people who say, well, I can't pay for anything. 
I just want basic OHIP coverage. Those people have been waiting for, yeah, eight, nine, a year. That backlog's not getting lifted. Unless the government comes, gets more doctors, and pays them a higher rate to do the surgery. Everyone's happy. Doctors will do it. Get more nurses, get more staff, get more centers. Private clinics, I mean, sure, it could work, but it. what does that look like? Just calling it something? You know, like you said, it's, oh, it's all going to be OHIP-based. What does that mean? You know, it's not OHIP-based right now. That doesn't exist. So is, are you inviting even more charges? And if you do invite more charges and it becomes status quo and becomes normative and, and accepted, um, does that lay the foundation for a two-tier healthcare system? That's the fear. I mean, that's from a, a person who's not even doesn't even know the inner workings. I mean, that's yeah, the way I, mean, I look at it, right? If, I'm, if not, I'm not saying it from a technical standpoint. I'm like, well, okay, is this inviting big business into our healthcare system? Yes, there's only 40 doctors in Ontario. I'm just throwing the number out there that yeah. can do this type of surgery, right? And now we have these other clinics that need doctors. 25 go there. The backlog is still going to be there in the public system. It doesn't change. Nothing changes. Right, but it, you know, Douglas gets to say, oh, there's this many people waiting and I got them through. Yeah, the public, the private clinics are going at this rate, but yeah. I think he's about the, the age, he probably needs cataract surgery too soon, so maybe this is all. Does everybody need to have that surgery? Eventually at some point. Really, Most yeah. people do. Most people do. I mean, it, look, there's a ton of people waiting and it is, it's one of the most common surgeries performed in the world, so for sure. Like, I mean, it is a problem. It's He's not wrong to have that as as one of the first things that he talked about. I completely agree with him. But just to say that it's just that, you know, there's a backlog because we don't know why there's a backlog. No, they, they know. It's pretty pretty obvious. One, they don't want to, they never want to pay more higher rates for surgery. There was a whole battle a few years ago where they want to decrease rates. And the Liberal government was fighting with us. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the, the scenario is, but if you are able to bring more doctors, pay them well, can we afford that increase in pay and increase in charges? And the only way to do that is to fund the healthcare system. And the only way to do this is raise taxes. All right. Am, am I, am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? Is just raising taxes is the only thing that works. And obviously the PCs don't want to talk about that. So it's, it's a mix of raising taxes and uh, cleaning up spending. Yeah, that's not gonna, I mean, that's a long asking them to clean up public uh, wastage uh, in terms of the admins and hospitals. I mean, they could do it, but you're going to have to pay a consultant another, you know, yeah. couple thousand dollars an hour to figure out stage one. And then he's going to delay his project. And he's, I mean, it's all, it's all BS, right? The admin side of everything is, you know, uh, they've got their hooks on, they know how to get their money out of their, uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see all the same. I'm, I'm curious how it works. I'm like I said, I'm still holding out optimism. Uh, What's the optimism in terms of what? That we get better service. Paid? Paid or public. It, I just hope things get faster. I don't know. I haven't had to personally use the system, so it's kind of like I've been lucky. But I don't want to. I've seen some of these lines. I know we got the May 7th uh, run coming up. I just want to hope that <laughs> if anything happens, things are in a better place by then. Mm, yeah. I mean, having gone to the hospital recently, I... Need more nurses, that's for sure. Get more nurses, get more organization in the hospitals. The hospitals could, like, you sit there and you're like, okay, I think, yeah, maybe hire people who can understand flows or go to other hospitals in the state. Someone must have been able to figure out a hospital. 
uh, it can't be that every hospital is so dysfunctional, especially that's like civic. Why is Brampton civic so dysfunctional? And I don't know. Downtown <laughs> is so amazing. You know, I don't know. I'm going no. about it for hours. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. That's why I got to stop you. Cause I know you could, uh, any closing remarks? No, That's just tired. Noise. Everyone's everyone's really yeah. tired today. He's dead now. <laughs> so yeah. forgive us. <laughs> yeah, make sure you go and like and make sure you hit that like and subscribe button for sure. If you do like, if you made it this far in the podcast, hit that like button on this stream because it helps push it to more people. Uh, tell your friends, leave a comment. Let us know what you would call a sick helmet. Let us know what you thought your thoughts are on anything we spoke about. Do you like Douglas or not? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Let us know. We talked a lot about a lot of things today, it seems. They were pretty all over. Yeah. Yeah. We were, this was our most diverse none, podcast. And, and none of it made sense. So the perfect Hope podcast, right? The perfect podcast. Zero segues. Zero segues. <laughs> we're really bad at segues now, but. No, we've been all right. This was just a, we've been better than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I rate this podcast episode on a scale of 10. If you dislike it, we know at least you're listening, so that'll that'll but, count. Yeah. Even if you dislike, dislike it, button. if you no no, yeah, I'll take take that as a plus. No no, put zero in the comments, zero out of ten, but hit the like button all the same. There you go. Be <laughs> yeah. goes all the same. All right, man. Thank you guys for and, listening. Thank you guys please. for being here. On that note. Peace.